Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. That's not entirely accurate. It is the Friday Form Panel, but not with Nikita Ross. She's got bigger fish to fry this weekend. And that sounds strange because it's Breeders' Crown Finals weekend. So what could be bigger? Well, your sister's wedding. And we'll let her off for that, Skeeter. So uh, I'm sure you're tuning in. Uh, Whatever you're doing right now with the preparations for the wedding, and you've done a great job, I'm told. And there's been some difficulties, uh, but no bridezilla moments, which we love. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a great part of this job. You're constantly surrounded by greatness. Yesterday, with Tim O'Connor, I was out in Ballarat in the uh, in the beautiful stables of Emma Stewart and also Clayton Tonkin, and we filmed Burning Questions. It was an absolute joy to do. Hopefully, people enjoyed watching. One man who was missing from Burning Questions, we were hoping he'd get into the studio today. Uh, it became Mission Impossible, and he's no... He's no Tom Cruise, unfortunately, but he's a great man. His name's Andy Gath. He's with us for the Friday Form Panel. How are you, Andrew? No, I'm great. Thanks, Jason. Now, the reason, the main reason you wanted to get in here was not so that we could have some face-to-face interaction and get close and bond further, but because you didn't want me to have a one-second advantage in the music quiz. That, that's correct, isn't it? No, that's all I've been doing. Mm. listening to music from the 80s and the 90s the last two days and I haven't done any form, so um, <laughs> I don't know he can cover two decades. I mean, that would be incredible. <laughs> but, Geordie, if, if you haven't had the heads up, so it's 80s and 90s only today so, because Andy said he'd – well, he, he threatened not to come on the show if we did anything <laughs> different. Um, let's get stuck in, mate, because there's uh, 10 races to get through, eight of them at Group 1 level, two at Group 2, the first of them – is for the four-year-old Enticing Geldings Breeders' Crown Championship. Uh, with all these races, we're going to have to talk about scenarios as much as who's likely to win. Now, in this first event, Mac Dan's your favourite at $2. It does look the leader, but what's going to happen early? Do you see Jillaby Sylvester kicking up on the inside, Aussie Battler having a lash and maybe even getting across everything at least initially? Because I think this is going to be critical about, you know, what the what the lead time and maybe even first quarter is, whether Mac Dan can just lob on the top or whether he has to go through um, uh, some rigmarole to get there. Yeah, I don't think he's got really natural high gate speed. I think um, for him to find the top, he's probably going to have to work pretty hard to get it. As we know, Aussie Butler can follow as quick as any horse out of the gate and Julius Sylvester can hold his own as well. And yeah, even Santa Casa Boats can run the gate if they choose to. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit surprised McDowney's come up favourite. I thought Honolulu Bay would be favourite personally. But, um, yeah, if he does find the top, he's definitely a quality horse. can be hard to beat, but I don't think he's going to be gifted to lead. Oh, I'll tell you what, it, it's frightening when we, we're agreeing in race one. I, I, hopefully we can find some <laughs> points of contention because I marked Honolulu Bay two bucks. He was 270 earlier in the week. That was, I think, a really good bet. Now down to $2.30. And having visited Amber and Clayton yesterday, Andy, you would have watched Burning Questions. 
The only thing I was worried about is why haven't we seen Honolulu Bay again since that devastating first up win in the four and five year old championship? But um, we have one. Uh, that was such an, an amazing performance first up for the for the camp. And then I thought, you know, he's a horse who's had a few little problems. If we haven't seen him, has he had a setback? But they indicated that he hasn't. And if he hasn't, one thing about this horse, I reckon he's just as effective, maybe even more effective when he doesn't do anything early and can be brought with one run. Yeah, no, he's most, you know, some of his runs from back in the field, he's sort of been able to win when he shouldn't have been able to. So, yeah, I don't think the barrier draws a concern for him. Obviously, um, you know, it's always a lot harder when he can't find the top like he did last time, but he's just devastating first up. And uh, he's a quality horse. He's got a really high cruising speed. And um, I'm not sure McDan's on top of his game anyway, um, which is why surprising that he's favoured as well. Again, we know what he can do, but apart from his Kimball Cup run, all his other runs have probably been a little bit below par. So, um, yeah, no, I'm sitting with Honolulu Bay. I think he's definitely the one to beat. And what about yours? Like, you probably look at a race like this, and I think there's three horses that, you know, are established quality. Uh, Santa Casa Beach is a very good horse when he's right. Jemson's Pet's got talent. Sahara Sirocco. Look, it's a nice race, but Honolulu Bay, Mac Dan, and your horse, Pacifico Dream. So let's talk about last start, what went down, and um, is he going to be doing the work in the race? Is he Is he capable of winning? It's going to be hard. Um, you know, the back row draw shows how tough it is. And, you know, last time he raced on a lower bay, Kate sort of pulled out, you know, just after the mile and, and they'll time switch us off the clock. So it was just sort of so hard for him to get into the race and he had to work so hard to do it. So I wasn't too disappointed with him. Um, as you know, he's going around tonight at Malton in a more winnable race. And I think um, you, you, you know, it'd be pretty hard to bet in that race. And I was hoping this was around in Barry draw. He'd get a pretty good draw, but it didn't. Eventually, he drew barrier 13. So, um, yeah, no, it's going to be hard to see him win from there. He just lacks that. He's really strong, but when he's back in the field, he's sort of got to do a little bit of work. And uh, if they sort of put the pedal down when he's sort of out, out running, it's going to be hard for him. But he's a quality horse. He, he can sort of make his own life. He's a group one winner, so you can't discount him. All, all things being equal, he will go around tomorrow night? Yeah, no, definitely. You know I love backing him up. <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing. It's one thing backing him up into an ordinary race. I mean... It's, but backing him up into a group too. This is uh, th- this would be. Well, it'd be what, you've had plenty of great achievements. We'll go with Tornado Valley. It's going to be uh, impossible to beat everything in the Great Southern Star. But this would be some sort of achievement if um, if he could. He's obviously the right kind of horse. You don't do this with all of them. They have to be the right kind of horse. No, you've got to pick the right horse to do. He's a big, strong horse and recovers well, and he takes a lot of work. So um, yeah, I did tell Aaron about ten days ago that I'll, I'll be doing it. So. Uh, so, um, yes, yeah, something we thought about. We just don't do it on a whim. So, um, yeah, no, we expect that. Um, just the way the numbers are falling and the way the fields are, he's got a better win chance tonight than tomorrow night. I always work off the theory that it's easy to ask for forgiveness and permission, but then again, I don't have owners. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe 10 to go. It was right to tell him 10 days ago. All right, numbers. I'm going 11. So we're both going to go 11, but I'm going 11, 2, 13, and 1. And it sounds like you're going to be very, very similar indeed, Andrew. Yeah, I'm going 11, 13, 2, and 1. I think the indication was given. I think it was on air on burning questions, but I think um, I'm pretty sure that Clayton and Emma were of the same opinion as you. And we'll talk about a couple later as well, but that Mac Dan is slightly below his best. So um, if that work that we talk about has to be endured and he's not quite at his best and you've got Honolulu Bay at his best, I mean, these prices will flip, I reckon, don't you? I'm sure they'll change during during the night. Uh, I think there'll be a big push for Honolulu Bay, and I'm pretty sure we'll start favourite. 
I think that is definitely the case. We'll get through one more race before we go to the break. And on the back of that break, we'll get stuck into the music quiz. 80s and 90s. If Andy Gath beats me, I may not be back next week, let me tell you. I mean, I don't know how good he is at music. He's a very talented man, but uh, I have installed myself a relatively short price favourite. All right, Um, because I'm old as well, so 80s and 90s is fine by me. Race two is the first of our group ones. It's the Breeders' Crown Trotting final for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, and I thought, uh, pound for pound, this might have been the hardest race in the card, Andy. Well, I've got one comment here next to my selections, and it says hard race. <laughs> I thought it was the hardest race, and to find four selections, um, I swapped and changed that many times, but I made sure I left your top pick out of my top four. Yeah, well, I know why you did, because I can just see Andy Gath going back and seeing that Kai Valley Hotspurs only ever won in front. Have I, have, have I stolen your thunder here? You wanted, you wanted to say that in the Friday form panel, didn't you, Andy? Uh, not really. I just didn't think he was that impressive when he won his heat, to be honest. He just he's a, he can be a funny horse, can't he? I mean, we'll get to Queen Alita later for Brett Lilly as well, but he doesn't, even when he wins, he doesn't always win impressively. His margins are never... Uh, well, very rarely totally dominant, but um, I actually think early in his career, he most took me when he was when he was losing races coming from off the speed. So even though he's won so many races in front, uh, I think he can win from the back. And I was really, you know, he wasn't even a clear top pick for me, but I saw him at $9 and I just thought, this is ridiculous for a multiple derby winner to be going around it at $9. But okay, you're going against me. So talk me through it, Andy. What, what are you going with? Uh, yeah, I changed that many times, but actually going with Parisian Artis, uh for Albie. I uh, just think it's going terrific, and I just love the team win. It just sort of won with a little bit of arrogance in that side of them. And, yeah, I think it's going really well, so it's me on top tip. But I'm going to change that many times. You know, the ones that chance, what's up, Majestic, Ol- Olavici, Out of Baron Zeus, Kiang Ninja, Utopia. Uh, you know, even a roughie like Ben and Harry, Kate Drake, the last start went really good. And Misafa Metro, I think it's got a terrific chance as well. And Kyvelli Hotspur, like... You know, I was just clutching at numbers trying to work this race out, but, you know, to settle something. Would you nearly, like, if you were, uh, you know, if you were advising somebody to play an early quaddy, would you, would, would just, this just about be an F job? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I, I couldn't rule it. And then if Central Otago gets a run uh, from Barry 80, he, he's probably not quite at the top of his game, but he seems a little bit better this week. He's probably some hope as well. So, um, yeah, no, it, it is a tough, tough, tough race. Well, you know, I'm 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 that much more advanced than you that I've narrowed it down to seven. Um, so, like, okay. I've I've been happy to rule out five runners. So, these are the winning chances I came up with. We'll go through the map a little bit as well. So, what's up, majestic, good horse, uh, excellent run last start. I think it settles behind the leader. Olivici was just crazy good the way he closed off last week. So he goes in. Elder Baron Zeus, we agree is the leader. Yep, definitely. Uh, Kiyang Ninja is actually my second pick in the race. Uh, got that really high speed. Did get the beautiful run at heat level, but he's just such a dangerous horse with a good draw. I'm actually leaving Utopia out. Right? You think Utopia can bounce back here? Uh, he needs a lot to go his way, but, yeah, he probably hasn't quite come up to what everyone expected he would reach, I suppose. But, yeah, he's one I could probably put a line through. But, again, you want to put a line through in McClayton. And the Clayton horse in a group one race where you do it at your own peril, don't you? I won't be doing it often uh, tonight, I can tell you that. Uh, or today, <laughs> no. going into tomorrow. Parisian Artiste was huge, and they thought he could win the derby again. I, sometimes SP profile sounds perfect, doesn't work out, but he was $3.80 to win the derby. Things went wrong there. I agree with you. Arrogant, I think it'll be up outside the leader. I'm um, willing to leave out Bromwich. Central Otago well, hasn't got a run at the moment, but I'd, I'd have to consider it if it did have a run. No for Heist, no for Harry. Uh, even Marengo Bay went. Very, very good, didn't it, at, at heat level? 
Yeah, you know, for horses just come onto the scene, he, he's put a string of really good ones together already. So, uh, but the back row draw probably, you know, quells his chances, but he's going to be a horse of the future. Kai Valley Hotspur, top tip, as mentioned, and Mufasa Metro, I thought, uh, was the best roughy in the race at around $21. All right, numbers, lay it on us, Andy. Yeah, I've gone six. Um, Perusing RTs to be two, Olavici, four, Kiang Ninja, and I've chucked in Mufasa Metro for fourth. All right, I'm going 12, four. One and six. 12, four, one and six for me. But I tell you what, just don't try and be clever in this leg. Don't try and be clever because bad things will happen. Unless you want to back Kai Valley Hotspur each way with me. Or you might have had to at $9 because it's now going to firm in. All right, time for the first break here on the Friday form panel. We're joined by the Trots Vision audience. We'd love to have Andy here, but just having his dulcet tones on the other end of the telephone is good enough for me and it's good enough for you as well. Time for that break here on the Friday form panel on SEN track. When we return... Music quiz begins. It's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Jason. Oh, Jason. She drives me crazy, fine young cannibals. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. You're correct. Oh, yes. And on the long white hair. She drive me crazy and I can't help myself. Weird voice. Uh, that's right. That You know, you were being kind, Andy, then, too, because that's right in his hitting zone. I can just see him. A- Andy had barely drawn breath before you got in there. Yeah, no. Oh. I, 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 I can't. You know what? It's uh, You would know <laughs> this. As a horse runner, like, I can't. I can't let you get your confidence up. I've just I've got to run the entire run the entire way and try and break you, and hopefully within two songs I will have done that. But I mean, did you feel the power just then? Well, I did. Yeah. You got the second advantage over me. Otherwise, I would have been riding it. Uh, oh well, you know, it's like Skeeter all over again here talking to you. It's unbelievable yeah. stuff. There's always excuses. Yeah, uh, yeah but, starting off a handicap. I'm aware of that. Let's, let's find some winners, all right? So uh, just a bit touchy might start start off her own handicap if she does things wrong again. But the run last start was just outrageous. Uh, nearly as soon as I turned up to Emory and Clayton's yesterday, they wanted to talk about just a bit touchy. I think I was walking through just like a tourist saying, which one's that, which one's that? And we saw just a bit touchy. Uh, with Ellen McDonough, I think, and there were excuses apparently. So um, a plug came out and uh, she didn't react well and she lost about 70 metres. They weren't going crazy quick but tacked on and then ripped home. If that had been one run in isolation and you hadn't seen it before, you'd say, oh, well, was that an aberration? Because sometimes sometimes those runs, I reckon, get overplayed. But the run on the Redwood was absolutely enormous as well. And I've got a funny feeling we're going to agree. If she does everything right, then um, your better half's going to win this race. You'd think so. Her last three runs have all been terrific, and obviously uh, she's got to go away with them. She can't afford to give a start uh, in a big race like this, but there's no doubt she's the best horse in the race in my mind. Yeah, I, I, and by a margin. We, we, we say she couldn't do anything wrong. I feel like she could lose probably 15, just no more than 15. Like she, she's got a, she's got a, a pretty a pretty significant edge, hasn't she? Yeah, no, she has. Even when she won, her times were off the clock uh, at Maribara and a run in the Redwood was terrific as well. Um, so yeah, no, she's um, she's right up there with, oh, well, she's she, she's the best trotting filly going around at this stage, I'd say. And, and it's like a, it's a beautiful dichotomy here, opposite ends of the spectrum. So you've got just a bit touchy, who's just all raw talent and ability and speed, but could do things wrong and mercurial and tough love, who's professional, gate speed, going to do everything right. So it's going to be, 
I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. Maybe Sampras against Agassi back in the day or, or Novak Djokovic against Federer. Um, I'm sorry to call tough love Novak Djokovic because no one likes the Joker. <laughs> yeah. But um, th- that's the situation we find ourselves in. The re- a really sensible punter might say, look, I'm, I'm going to take the risk each of two on tough love because I, I know she's going to do everything right. Yeah, no, she's very professional, tough love, and she's a really nice filly in her own right. And, again, spotting the barrier draw, you think she's going to find the top. And, um, yeah, she's going to be really hard to beat because she's going to be in a prime position. And, you know, she does everything right what she's going to bring. But if the other one's sort of on its game, I think it'll just be too good for her. With your lawn Benita out, Elder Baron Vera is the only other one I thought could win. Have you got something a bit left of centre for us here, Andrew? I was pretty impressed by Paris Kay. Um, yeah, I thought she done a really good job in a heat, so I thought she had a little rough hope of upstaging them, but it looks like a two-horse race, really. Uh, and and what should when you're factoring everything in, like what what odds should just to be touchy be now? We're not going to open seven dollars, by the way, kids. Stay safe out there. Open seven dollars, but <laughs> what should their relative prices be? Uh, I think if Kurt Wave's going around a dollar eighty from that draw, she probably should go around a dollar eighty from that draw. All right. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad sign for our chat about Catch a Wave later, but uh, we'll talk in a moment. Uh, numbers from you, Eddie. I'm going to go 13 with Ilong Benita out. I'm going 13, 2, 5. And, yeah, I'm with you. I thought that uh, Paris Gay in for fourth, number nine. Yeah, nearly the same. I've gone 13, 2, 9 and 5. All right. So that's three races down. We've got three minutes to go until the hard out, and I reckon we'll be able to get through this next race because um, it's Plymouth Char. Breeders' Crown final for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, the Trotters. Um, another one that wasn't overly impressive at heat level, but every single like every single time they've tried to test Plymouth Char, he's just owned them. He's got the gate speed here. I think you'll find his way to the front. He's a dollar fifty still. I kind of think the evidence is there. He's, he's about a dollar twenty or a dollar thirty shot personally. Uh once you don't watch last week's run, I don't know what happened there. Um, I know people say he got lazy and could have waited for him, but he's never waited for him before. Uh, if Matty had pulled out 20 places early, he probably would have won. And I understand why he didn't pull out too. So, um, you know, you're following the dollar oh four chance. But um, but he's been far superior all season. He, he deserves to win a race like this. We know that. So, um, yeah, he's definitely the one to beat him. Um, but... Me being a punter, I'd probably bet against him just going on last week's run. I don't know what happened there, whether he's come to the end of it or not, or whether he just had an off off day, but his last 100 motors wasn't great. Well, there's a few of these across, and probably none more stark or striking than Plymouth Chubb in terms of their very last run being, you know, um, lower quality, I guess, than what we've seen of them in the past, and we'll talk about a couple of those horses later. But it really was weird, but having said that, if I had to come up with an excuse, you know, they just walked and sprinted. And I, I kind of see him, I, I, I compared him with Blitz and Calder out there in, uh, in Ballarat yesterday because I just think he, he's just got to get running, doesn't he? Like, that, that, that's where his power is. I, I sort of, uh, in the form comment, I said, you know, when you're in under-13s, you go out there. He's that kid in under-13s you line up against who's, you know, six foot two, looks more like your dad than your peer. And I just think maybe... Just walking and sprinting, that's not his go. But if he just grinds him into submission here and, and cares runs all the way, that, that that's going to suit him heaps better, isn't it? Oh, definitely. He can run faster than anything else in the race. He can do more work than anything else in the race. He's clearly the best horse in the race. Like He's, he's an already an 86 Raider. Um, so, yeah, he can find up in a 3-4 next week if he chooses to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, he, there's no doubt he's by far the best horse in the race and he can make his own luck. I just had that little concern in the back of my mind what happened last start. So it just could be one of those things that, yeah, as again, maybe just 
you know, a dash home. Didn't probably suit him that much, but um, if he brings his A game, he'll be winning the race. All right, you've muddied the waters enough for me here. I'm going 6 1, 4 and 11. I'd like your numbers, but I'd also like uh, if you're going to risk Plymouth Chubb, who are you risking him with? Well, I thought Keane and Chucky had a chance of beating him. I thought Courage Stride had a chance of beating him. And that's probably where it ends. Uh, you know, you probably can, you know, hoard a cam. He's had two starts and nearly beat him, so you probably can't rule him out. But I'm going, my numbers are six, four, one, and eight. But I've, I've hedged me bets there, as you know. Uh, it, it, yeah, well, there's other ways, as we know. Um, we can't talk about it too much on the Friday form panel, but if you, there's other ways of risking Plymouth Chubb if you, if you want to. Uh, very quickly before we go to this hard out, let us trot, no chance for you? Um, yeah, he's probably got some hope, but yeah, I sort of might have went better first up. Hmm. I reckon it might be the knockout, but I think Plymouth Chubb will win. We're four races through the Friday form panel. Andy Gath, the great Andy Gath, the GOAT, and Jay Bond. Trying to find winners for the richest race night in Australasian harness racing. Stick with us. Short break. We'll be back with plenty more races. Live around Australia on SEM Track. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Interesting, Ben uh, Metallica. Yeah, that was that was Jason. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Two 0 for Bond. Um, but I, I know Andy knows it. Knows it though. Yeah. No, I, I'm willing to take the one second delay into consideration. Um, <laughs> but I'll still, but I, you know, I'll still, I'll still take the art of dominance. Hey, Geordie, I'm getting that thing in the right can here, where uh, I can hear your voice, but uh, now, now it. It sort of goes in and out, and now it's back out again. I'm still listening to Metallica now. Yeah, yeah. Lars Ulrich just smacking the double kick. I'm yeah, now, now, now yeah. it's back in. But it was, yeah, now, now we're getting a little bit of balance. All right, it's the Friday form panel here on SEN Track. We're trying to find winners for one of the biggest race meetings in Australia every year. It's the Breeders' Crown. And for those who uh, might have been in a coma or been asleep for a fair while, yes, we've moved the Breeders' Crown. It's now in November. It used to be the end-of-season championship, and I think it should be again very briefly. I know this gets old. Andy, but uh, in terms of age-restricted series, this should be at the end, shouldn't it? I mean, th- th- this is this is supposed to be the grand final, the decider. Yeah, no, this should be the finale. And I think they're talking about switching it around with the Vic Red next year. So, but again, um, yeah, I think at the end of the season, uh, at the end of December, we'll suit everyone. And, you know, I think more interstaters and probably New Zealand horses could come in. Yeah, and it's like you've just got to strike a balance because I know that there was a period probably of Purden-related uh, dominance, Mark Purden-related dominance, where people weren't paying up and all the rest, and then the, the dream dies, and, and all of a sudden you don't have the money to sustain the career. But you've got to find a balance because you've got all these native futurity series for the local horses. This was inaugurated to be something else. And Look, I totally get a lot of the moves that have been made, but at the end of the day, we do need the best against the best in the Breeders' Crown because that's what the Breeders' Crown is. No, definitely, and it was called Oscillation Brutus Crown for a reason. Yeah, I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I do want to know about Catch a Wave. We're moving on here, uh, and then we're into race five, and we're starting with the paces. Two-year-old Colts in Geldings final. You knew where you were going to start because uh, uh, the big boy just won't go around in a circle before the start of the race um, for whatever reason. Stubborn, uh, recalcitrant individual. So he's drawn outside the second row, but you knew you were going to be there. He's overcome this before. I... 
Before before I get your opinion, like I I think he's well, I think it's clear he's the best horse in the race and by a margin, but it still won't be easy from out there. And I think maybe we both agree that he's a son of a gun was the most dangerous horse coming into this final, and him drawing one must be of some concern to you. Oh, definitely it's con- concern. Uh, he's such a dangerous horse. He's son of a gun in show. Be- previously that he can beat all the good good paces with the right run, uh, the best two-year-old. So uh, it's a perfect draw for him. Um, you know, it's an ideal draw for us, but no use throwing about it. Um, we could have been back in the draw, could have drawn there anyway. So someone's got to draw there. Um, you know, it's 10 races where horses are drawn there. So, um, but, you know, I agree without getting cocky. I'm sure he's the best two-year-old in the race at this stage. And um, all these runs have been terrific. You're going to have to put in another great performance in to be able to win this race. But we're sure... He's capable and up to it. So all, all get depend on lead time too. When you draw back there, if the lead time's slow, it gets a lot harder. But if it's fast, um, you know, it brings him right into the race a lot easier. It's going to be the case for a lot of these races, isn't it, uh, tomorrow night? Basically, lead time, first quarter are going to decide the race. We'll talk about Act Now and, and Beyond Delight coming up in just a moment. But, I mean, often in Breeders' Crown Finals, the best horse is just going to win. We see it year in, year out. It's not one of those years, is it? Like... Uh, it's going to be crucial what he's Charlie's angel does. Like, how do you see this working out? Because I think he's a son of a gun. In fact, I'm certain he can hold up for as long as he wants to and hand up to who he wants to. The only two legitimate realistic options, in my opinion, are my ultimate backstory or he's Charlie's angel. But the thing is, I think the good thing for Catch a Wave is we know that he's Charlie's angel gets pretty fierce. And whether he's leading or in the breeze, I can just see them running along enough. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, uh, David Miles is going to have to make a decision on his Charlie's angel. He'll be able to push the button really hard at the start or just come out nice and sometimes barrier three. If you just sort of come out half-hearted, you get caught wide. Uh, you can get a little bit fired up as well, but they might think their best winning chance is actually finding the pegs. So, you know, he's sort of a little bit of a dilemma there. He's got to decide what to do early. So um, even interest-free and flash Timmy, like they probably have to go forward early, I'd say, but most of them would probably want to stay in front and catch a wave. So, um, yeah, there could be a little bit of heat on early. You never know. You just need two people for a fast lead time. Now, I uh, I saw Cam Hart last week, so he's going to be running the gate with my ultimate Baxter as well. So I think there's going to be enough heat on early. Now, I think I posed this to Emma and Clayton when we were having a bit of an off-air chat, maybe even on air, um, yesterday afternoon. And I, I think I was on my Pat Malone, and I think I'm going to be on my Pat Malone again. But I almost thought if they're running along fast enough here – Catch a wave gets beaten three starts ago at Geelong in the breeze. Is there? Will you send Kate out negotiating the possibility that maybe you don't go up and occupy the breeze and you come with one run through the final lap? Because we've seen him win devastatingly. Before you came on and told us on Burning Questions how good he is, that's how he won. And it was arguably his most devastating victory, even though he's run some incredible times in front. Visually, that was as good as you can go. So is there going to be a temptation if they are running along just to say, all right, we're not going to we're not going to make a move mid race. We're just going to come with one big searching run. Yeah, there's no doubt he's pretty versatile. But again, if if it's a really fast lead time and they drop anchor, you're sort of forced to go. Yeah. Um. So it just depends. We we know he just as just as lethal from back in the field. He, he his biggest weapon is his speed. He's got terrific high speed, and when he's back in the field following the horses, he's probably a lot more switched on than when he is when he gets in training. So it gets a little bit lost as well. So um. Uh, sort of Geelong, I know he's had him death and got beat, but it was more he's hanging in that probably cost him a little bit. He, he would have finished a lot closer and might have won the race if he had, actually had it went straight, but hopefully we've rectified that now with him. We haven't pulled down blinds on him. When they're sort of on him, he, he tends to go straight to last. 
did last half of the lap. So, um, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, going forward, he, he's going to be a great horse, hopefully, for a long time, and he can only get better. He still doesn't really, he's not a true racehorse yet. He's got plenty of quirks, we know that, but for sure ability, he's definitely the one to beat. Uh, who can beat you? Now, I... I think because I'm going to be playing wide in the back end of the quarter, I, I'm only going to have he's the son of a gun as the really legitimate um, uh, winning chance along with catch a wave. If I had to go a little bit wider, I just think my ultimate Baxter and he's Charlie's Angel are going to cause themselves problems. Interest-free and Flash Jimmy, I think, have got small hopes, and I think that's probably where the race ends. Who do you think can beat you? Yeah, there's no doubt I've got huge respect for he's son of a gun. Uh, I really love Interest Free and Flash Jimmy. They're going okay. And I'm a little bit with you. Like, my ultimate Baxter, he's Charlie's Angel. They're probably going to have to pay a price early to find the top. And if they do, it's going to be hard to see him winning. But you, you never know. Racing's, uh, we never know really what's going to happen. So it can all change really, fairly quickly. But, uh, you know, he's son of a gun. our biggest danger in my mind. I'll tell you what, if you're an absolute thrill seeker, and I know you are, Andy. Jet Rock's paying $22 a place and is going to be behind. He's a son of a gun. No worse than probably three poles in transit. $22 a place? No? That, uh, any horse is going to be on the fence on Saturday night should not be $22 a place. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling punters to do it. I, I don't think I'll do it, personally. I don't think I'll do it. I don't have enough. Okay. I've got one in the race, otherwise I can't either. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my numbers are 13 one and then a gap down to five and four. So 13, one, five, and four. Can we finally align with exactly the same four numbers, Andy, or not? I got 13, one, four, five. Yeah, of course. I would have loved to change it just for you, but it is written here. So <laughs> don't forget me, Nick. I can't change it. 13, one, five, and four. 13, one, four, and five. Flash Jimmy, $13. Probably the best value in the race. But um, I think if you wait until tomorrow night... They'll move away from it and it might get out to 20 bucks. So if you want to backflash Jimmy, I think just uh, just 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 drive it cold. It's time to go for another break here on the Friday form panel. We're having fun. We're halfway through the card, five races down. We'll get Moose side bottom up right at the end, I reckon. He doesn't want to talk about tomorrow night because he's got the little birdie situation going on where he's going to have that punters club going and they're going to create massive turnover on one of our biggest nights. But uh, he can talk about tonight, and we might even talk about that with you, Andy, because there's some great racing Tonight, it's a beautiful entree to uh, British Crown Finals night tomorrow at Tabcor Park, Melton. Time for that break. We'll come back. We'll get stuck into the second half of the card. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Andy. Andy. Sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel. Oh, oh yeah. It's a cracking song too. That was big, Andy. Yes. Um, my uncle actually did some work with Peter Gabriel. Said he's an absolute pig of a bloke. Really? Can I get in trouble for saying that? Peter Gabriel's not listening to the Friday Four panel, is he? I mean, no. Like, a, like, like he said, like he, he, he said, yeah, he said, Nigel Mansell and Peter Gabriel are the two biggest pigs that he's ever worked with. So, I, but it's, he's, he has got that, like. I'm an arrogant man, but he's a real sway. And he could never get over the fact that Phil Collins uh, took Genesis away from him, just ripped him, just just ripped <laughs> it away. But anyway, um, well done to Andy. I dropped him, I thought. I thought I'd said sayonara. I broke open 10, 12 metres, and uh, now he's starting, to, he's starting to fight back here. So this will be interesting. And with, with only an hour and a half, he only has to get the next one. We're back tied, and anything can happen from there. I love a challenge. All right, let's move forward. We've heard about Catch a Wave. Um, 
Tell us what catch. By, by the way, before we move on, um, I don't know what's happening in the background there at your joint. Have you, is, there, is there a tractor that's about to mow you down? Or no, I'm actually uh, in the car park. Where I actually do burning questions from because I always get service here. But the car next to me started up. That's all. But he's just oiling. He won't move. If you honestly, if you ever go missing, we're going to know your last location. It's going to be that car park, so everyone's going to be aware of it. So, it. Yeah. Um, uh, what price should Catch Your Wave be? Ah, uh, dollar ninety-two dollars. Just trying to get some movies for myself. Um, that was impressive, Andy from Maddie. Yeah, it was. It was real good. I, I loved it, um, and it's a good song too. Uh, all right, three-year-old Colts and Geldings final now. Catch Your Wave's older brother, Yan Bucky, and let, let let's unpack this for a bit. Intrigued by your thoughts because Yan Buckian's going to be trying its very best at the start. Matty Craven was on during the barrier draw messaging Brittany Graham saying they were going to go forward and try and hold the lead if, if they got there. Acknow's going to have a one-track mind. Um, what goes on early here? I really love Yan Buckian as a horse, but I feel like he's too short here because it seems like a good draw in one, but I can't like every which way I'm looking at it, it doesn't look very nice. Uh, no, I wouldn't swap the draw. Um, I, I personally think he, he'll lead. I, I thought he'd have to go really quick last start. I know you think he begins better from out wider, but he's only ever, ever drawn wide. Um, we've only really chased him off the arm and only once in his career, and that was last week, but someone come out and said he'd probably lead, but, but they got it wrong. Um I tell you what, I wasn't far, <laughs> from, I wasn't far off there because he was the quickest beginner. He was. No, you're pretty close. And no, you gave us confidence to go forward. And again, it's given us confidence to know that we'll probably lead up this race. And um, he's, a, he's like a big diesel truck. Once you get him sort of wound up, he's just sort of got to keep rolling. He hasn't sort of got that uh, electric high speed and doesn't really ping. Um, he's sort of just a free sort of running type horse. And um, if he leads, which I think he will, um, you know, we want to hold it. We think that's his best winning chance is to be out in front and just run his own times. And if they're better than him, so be it. I think the I think the reason that I've come up with the, the idea that he's better out wide is for that is for that reason because he is that, like he because he's not a ping horse uh, and you normally think of those ones that draw in draw the inside that first thirty meters has to be electric if you know what I mean so that's my only concern is that better call me smaller horse uh, dashes really hard I know drawing right next door is going to be hard to get across you but Yam Bucky and probably takes that first twenty meters thirty meters even forty meters to build up into his top gear. So um, you t- tell me, out of one to one, zero to 100%, what, what chance you are going to be able to hold him out early? It sounds like you're about 80 or 90. I always got to go 99. Really? Yeah. I, um, wrong. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Uh, yeah, it's I, I, I was. It's easy to be wrong. I know you were once. <laughs> yeah, and it was 1987. It was, um, I can't remember what, I think it was a Wednesday. Uh, so Acknow... Acknow comes up and then says, oh, oh, no, I really want the lead from you, mate. I know you're a nice horse, but I'm going to take the lead from you. Cage, it, 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 there's just, it's, it's a shake of the head. There's just no way. Well, I don't think so. Honestly, it's all, you know, we can, you know, people can think, oh, we can talk this up or whatever. But it's all relevant to how hard he has to work the first 100 metres or 200 metres to hold the lead. Like, if he come out early and just held them easily, he'll definitely hold it. But, you know, if you've got better call me attacking it, and even Tuppen sort of threw a chat into ring it, you know, wanted to come out early and see if it could cross us, and we had to work really hard, and then you had to go again. Obviously, um, Kate's got to make a decision then. You just can't, you know, just can't drive the horse into submission. But, you know, our plan is to lead and hold the lead. 
All right, I'm going to be interested where it is in the, in your in your four selections here. Seven dollars at the moment. I know Cody Winell at Harness Racing Victoria was pretty keen, and I sort of said, "No, I'll uh, leave me." I really, I mean, I've said it to you before privately, and I've got a big opinion of the horse. I'm my concern is probably just whether he's um, psychologically ready to cop that level of pressure if it does. Uh, if it is brought to bear. And again, this is a real race where that lead time in first quarter mean everything because Beyond Delight is just going to be a major beneficiary here if they go berserk. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, he, um, he's he's had three runs back from a long spell and they've all been, you know, great runs and he'd done a great job to finish so close last week. Um, we know how good Acnell's going. Again, another horse is a little bit of a question mark over it. It just sort of, well, I don't know whether it switched off last week or not, but just, just didn't quite find the line like it generally has, so I'm not sure whether it's getting towards the end of the tether. It was just one of those things. Uh, but again, um, you, you can only be impressed with what he's done. His last half a dozen starts back now, he's just been on fire and just been dominating. So we know how good he is. We know how hard he's going to be to beat. But if he's going to have to sit outside him, it's going to be a lot harder for him to win. Um Tell me what you look for because, yes, Acnow's another case. Like Plymouth Chubb wasn't as impressive uh, in its semi final or in, in its most recent run heading into the finals of the British Crown. Is there anything, even in your own horses, that you look for that is an indication that, okay, you switched off or that was actually a sign that you're tired? Like, is there anything we can look for as punters or analysts to say, you know, to try and divide between the two? Because. Often it just feels like you've got to, it's, it's it's on instinct in a way, isn't it? Because you you see a horse like Acnow. The only thing I will give Acnow as well, he's killed the rest of the field. If there's no beyond delight in that race, he still looks massively impressive somehow. But it's just beyond delight running out of its absolute gourd that has somehow made you know uh, abbreviated the margin the way he did. So is there anything we can look for? And is there anything you saw in Acnow's performance that tells you whether he was tied in at the end of his tether or just switching off? Yeah, maybe more switching off. Like the last quarter was still off the clock, so it's not like he's, you know, he wasn't finding the line really quick. But it just, yeah, it just sort of visually just looked like he just sort of, whether he just switched off or he just might have sort of had enough. Uh, but, you know, the times are still great. Uh, again, they all could come out of Wincott Valley, Hotspur, Plymouth Chubb, and, and that now. Uh, just something that I've seen in them that they didn't have in their previous run for the last 50 metres, to my mind, just looking on visually. Yeah. Uh, but again, they all could just come out and just go top of their game although well I could be right and they could go worse you don't know but you just we all have opinions and just my personal opinion just watching on I yeah I don't, I don't want to get stuck into the politics here because we're trying to find winners but if if a few of these horses do deteriorate on British Grand Finals night then again uh, probably to look at the calendar again because we, we don't want these great horses getting tired at this point of the uh, there's still a Vic Bread Super Series to come um, Major Moth now I got the I got the feeling that well he's one horse I didn't think one as impressively as he should have last week. So I was kind of looking uh, – when he was behind the leader, uh, I thought that might happen. Desi G leading, Major Moth behind the leader, and I thought, well, he'll just blaze away. Now, you can only make up so much ground and, and go so quickly through the sprint lane at the end of a race. But to me, he seems just that half level below his stable mates, the way he's going at the moment. Not on his ability. I think he's got massive ability. I just don't think he's, he's quite there at the minute. No, I agree. Uh, again, he, he's still a quality horse and he's a very dangerous horse and he might sort of come out and win this race. Uh, pretty sure he won it last year as a two-year-old, so uh, we know what a great horse he is, but I think Acnell stepped up a little bit and beyond the lights probably come back a little bit better. And they, Yeah, they have sort of got a, you know, uh, you know, just a few metres on him at the moment. All right, talk us through your tips. What are you doing? Where's Ian Bucky in? Tipped him for third. Actually tipped on 
get beyond delight because I'm guessing Yan Buckingham's going to get hammered by Yak now. <laughs> so, um, so I got beyond delight on top, then Yak now, then Yan Buckingham, and Major Moth for fourth. Yes, I, uh, I'm going. Well, I'm still with Ak now. Every time I have a conversation, it seems like it's going to be harder for him. But I tell you what, that heat win—if he could get back to that heat win where he uh, he was off the bit and he just drilled a bit of call me—that that was a Grand Circuit horse win, and his Derby sweep was devastating. If he does find the front, I think once he gets there, there'll be no pressure. And if he doesn't find the front, maybe he can just control it from outside the leader. Beyond the light was great, but. Emery Clayton are committed not to making a move with him, which I think is the right decision. Uh, it's got devastatingly high speed. We saw that at semi-final level. But you know what? As fast as he might have finished, he still didn't get past Acnow. And actually, Acnow still held him relatively comfortably. So he's going to need a really quick lead time, I reckon, in first quarter. So I've got him in for second only. Major Moth for third and for fourth American dealer. Um it was a much better run by American Dealer, but I'm guessing from him not being in your top four, you think he might have been a little bit flattered by that semi-final, Andy? Yeah, probably. I think it was a better run, but he has disappointed with his campaign in Victoria. Um, you know, we can say all his Queensland campaign um, wasn't a strong campaign. The competition wasn't that strong, but his previous form in New Zealand was pretty strong before he went to Queensland. So, um, you know, he's been up for a long time. He's only a little horse and had a lot of racing, so... He's still a dangerous horse. He's a good one winner. Um, you know, he's got a big time trainer, big time driver on him as well. So, um, they know how to get the job done. You wouldn't completely rule him out, but he, he's like a gate speed sort of hinders him a little bit because he's sort of, yeah, from barrier four, I'm not sure where he's going to sort of map, but he has got some hope. I think I, if it wasn't Anthony Butt driving him, I, I think I'd, I'd rule him out of a, being a winning chance. But uh, Ants has a funny habit of getting these horses in group ones into the perfect positions and. Um, that's the only reason I've got him as a chance, but I really do think I'm only having Acne and Beyond Delight in quaddies. I'd be very surprised if anything else won, but I wish you all the best of luck with Yam Bucky, and he's a very, very nice horse. Bonner thought he was wrong once, but he was wrong. That's that's actually accurate, uh, Betty-O. And Steve Cleave, three-year-old boys final. Talk is like a UFC match. Loving the banter between all the trainers, wanting the front. Um, how much is tough talk? We'll find out Saturday night. Let's get ready to rumble. It's going to be uh, fun. Steve Cleave will be joining me and Kirsten Graham on the uh, on the desk for the Trots Vision coverage tomorrow night. Um, we've got the news coming up in two minutes, so I reckon we might just hold off on the three-year-old Phillies final because Andy's going to have plenty to say here. I'm, I'm wondering how closely we are aligned. Before we go to the news, though, just give us an indication whether you think Life's a Beach can win because uh, Nikita Ross and I are, are both on at 51. Oh, no, she's got no hope. All right, fantastic. Um, so we'll continue the music <laughs> quiz after the news. No, real, realistically, I know you think she's got a hope. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, her New Zealand form was terrific before she came over. Uh, her two, her heat run and her semi-final run were, were great. Um, she's in really good order. She got the barrier draw she needed. Things have to fall into place for the win, and they might. Um, she's beat better twists before uh, off a soft run like this, so... Um, yeah, there's going to be opportunity there for it to be a winning hope. Before we go to the news, tell us how many, when we get to the form analysis for this race, this is the one everyone's looking forward to the most, how many winning chances will there be? Um, four. I've got six. I think I've gone hog wild here. Uh, let's go to the news, find out what's happening in the world. Apparently North Melbourne are out of debt for the first time since 1987 when I last made an error. 
Geordie, you're late on us. What's happening in the world? We'll come back and see if Andy can square up the music quiz. I'm leading 2-1 at the moment, but it was devastating with Sledgehammer a moment ago. Live around Australia on SEM Track, welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. I don't, I, don't, I don't mind it, I don't know it, but I don't mind it, keep it going. Well, it's definitely Colin Hay, for a minute work. Is that you, Andy? Yeah, I don't know, it's Colin Hay, or a minute work, but I don't have a song. Okay. I think, I think, I think we're going to let this one go through to the keeper. What is it? You not heard this song? No, I love Colin Hay too. Yeah, he's men at work. <laughs> nah, we'll leave it. You're out. Yeah, on. I reckon that the quality we've said, I don't want, I don't want one of us to scoop up a one just when we hear the chorus. So, yeah. what is it? It's called "It's a Mistake." It's a mistake. Yeah. I actually feel embarrassed. I'm like. I reckon Colin Hay would be one of my favourite singers in the world. I reckon this is probably probably my favourite Men at Work song. Overkill's my favourite Colin Hay song. I do love that as well. Um, yeah. Are you a Colin Hay Men at Work fan, Andy? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Overkill's my favourite as well. Overkill, is an, it's just an absolute perler. And it, it was brought to uh, the attention of many when it was on Scrubs back Scrubs. in the day. Yeah. Yes, that's how I think learned of it first. And he did an acoustic version yeah. of Scrubs. Absolute freak. Mm. Love him. Might go home and play that. Um, Dave Chappelle's trending as well, so it's a good day. Race 7 um, is the highlight of the night, uh, I think, for just about everybody, unless you've got a runner or another race. British Crown final for the three-year-old fillies. Um, I can see something weird happening early here, Andy. T- talk to me about the first three or 400 metres. Yeah, obviously, um, it's not a super fast front line. Um, you know, Beach Music got out the gate pretty quick last start, and uh, previously, before that, it went a little bit rough. I think I think Amanda Turbull's driving it, driving it for the first time. Uh, likes the beach, sort of holds her own. She doesn't sort of try the gate, but she can sort of hold her own. That a twist only gets out there. Sporty dancer, I don't really know. And whether Albie and Karen sort of chance their arm with Tay Tay and Treachery and go forward early, see if they can cross. So um, it's a little bit interesting and intriguing. I'm not sure who's, you know, I'm guessing Beach Music might find the top, but it could change quickly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, though. I mean, Elby <laughs> used to work at your joint. Like, he's not going to go backward from six. Like, he's had bad draws with his filly. She's been flying. He, he He's having a dip, isn't he? You'd think so. Um, yeah, if he goes back, he's probably got no winning hope. Um, I know yeah, it's, I, I know it's dangerous going forward, pressing the button, but, like, he's, he, he's the man that's going to do it, and I think under the circumstances of a group one, knowing that, as you mentioned, going back, you've got no hope, then if you go forward and, you know, she gets gassed, well, I guess so be it. Yeah, that's it. And I'll be, I'll tell Kate this, I'll probably tell Albie this as well when he used to work for me. You know, going forward creates opportunity in my mind, so I'm guessing, um, you know, he'll be going forward. Um, yeah, I, I thought there was some little chance that Tay-Tay... Wow, could get it, could nearly get across here. Beach music should assume the lead again, but it creates it creates uh, an eerie 
uncomfortable situation for a number of horses here because it means that Better Twist, I think people have, you know, straight away saw the draw and went beach music in front, Better Twist outside the leader, and they just put the marbles down on the magnets on the board and, and it's all well and good. But I, both horses might be doing some work even to get those roles in the first place. And then as soon as they do, I can't see any other scenario where they're not just running the moment that they do assume those roles, Andy. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you think it's going to be run out of how to scale to speed. Uh, the only reason, you know, if Beach Music just, if Elbit decides to go back or he hits the gate or gallops out, um, and Beach <laughs> Music does lead, and better, and better Twist is straight outside it, well, it could be a moderate tempo then because no one more than, probably want to chance their arm uh, knowing that Levy's going to hold the lead and Better Twist is going to hold the death. So uh, if that scenario sort of happened the first 100 metres, um, it, be, it could become a sort of moderate tempo race. Don't you, re- don't you reckon, though, and uh, I, I can just see... So uh, Ants has already been on record saying we're going we're gonna to turn this into a war from a long way out. I kind of think if you're driving beach music, if you're a man of Turnbull, you, you spark the war before before the other horse dictates terms to you and you, and you just say, well, I'm going to run. And look, we can't avoid the fact that there are uh, stable mates in the race and there's, an, and there's an opportunity there. So I don't think sitting up that, well, they're not going to sit up for too long anyway because Better Twist, as fast as she is, her, her strength is strength, isn't it? So she's got to put Beach Music to the sword at some point and Beach Music probably wants to, to dictate terms. So, I mean, I this just doesn't seem to be any world where I I don't think they'll break 54 and probably maybe even break 53, personally. Yeah, no good chance. And Nance probably thinks Better Twist's best winning chance is the faster the mile rate is, the better winning chance is rather than, a, you know, a fast last half where she might get beat for brilliant. So... Um, yeah, I still think she's won the big better twist. I think um, she's going terrific. And, um, yeah, well, yeah, anything could win this race. I, I know I said four originally, but I've got it back there, back to six when I've had a better look. So it's a race we've all been waiting for, and we just hope it is truly run and it's a last, last Philly standing race. All right, I'll, I'll give you uh, – so life's a beach, definite tick, yes? Yes. Uh, beach music. You know what? I, I, I know – She's going to have to do all the work, but she she's not a horse that likes being run past and being in front. I don't think she could have won from anywhere else, but she's going to be in front. De- definitely, yes, yeah, surely. Yeah, definitely. And if she's in front and better choices in the death and sell chances the arm and ladies in red, does she hand up? It's interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah, same owners. Uh, tough, uh, tough Tilly from three poles. She scraps, unfortunately. Oh, she is too. Well, I'm down to six. I'm down to five. One, two. Oh, my, oh, maybe I had seven, and now I'm down to six. Well, Doug's babe now. Well, no, I don't think that. Uh, ladies in red and Joanna. So, what's the go here in terms of? There's that rubber band effect, isn't there? So, if they go really fast, sometimes people think this will bring the horses in from the back. But is there a speed? Is there a speed that they're going where ladies in red and Joanna, if they sit back and come with one run, that it's going to be too hard or? Like, is it all about the lead time in the first quarter? How do they get into the race? I think the lead time. I think when we go back to Honolulu, or Bay's first up win, his lead time was quite moderate for that class, and he got running from the mile. So anything that was off the track or trying to make a run like Max Delight or Pacifico Dream or anything out wide just could not get into it. So, again, this could be the scenario that could happen if the lead time's just not as quick as, a, um, you know, if they run a like even a 45 is probably not going to be quick enough for those ones back in the field uh, with the horses up front and what they can run. So, um, yeah, they're going to be in a, need a really quick lead time to sort of be competitive to my, in my mind. All right. Here are my winning chances. One, two. So, Life's a Beach, Beach Music, yeah. Better Twist, Tay-Tay. Yes, Tay-Tay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Ladies in red and Joanna, and my numbers are. I'm I'm still going with ladies in red on top. I'm going twelve, four, two, and thirteen. Uh, is Tay Tay one of the six for you as well? Yeah, no, definitely. I got it. I got it as my each way roughy. It's unbelievable. Like, it was 101, still $61 for all. I think uh, in a little bit of a private group chat, it might have been brought up in the burning questions. If it had Agath or, and this is no knock on Albie, but if it had Agath or E. Stewart next to no, yeah. its name. It's a knock on Albie. <laughs> no, what you're saying is irrelevant, and I won't stand for it. All right, so no, no, no more from you. Uh, but it would be a hell of a lot shorter based on the way it's going. Like sixty-one dollars even now, and eight dollars a drum seems insane. Give us your thoughts. Um, what, what, what are your numbers? Yeah, I'm tipping a better twist to beat Life's a Beach. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Uh, then Ladies in Red and Beach Music for fourth, and yeah, obviously Joanna and Tay Tay winning chances as well. Even though you're t- – we'll move on to the next race in a moment because we've spent plenty on this, but um, even though you're tipping better twist on top, I, like I, I have mentioned a couple of times this week, if she does park, they run crazy time and she beats this generation of three-year-old fillies, it would have to be one of the great Breeders' Crown triumphs of all time. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, the times are going to be off the clock, you, you can imagine. So, yeah, it's going to be a great effort, but she is that – she's so strong that I think she's uh, got better each run. We've seen that, and – She's probably going to be better again this week. She just, she does seem bottomless. She's a machine. Uh, final leg of the quaddy is the British Crown final for the uh, baby girls, the freshman fillies, the two-year-olds. Really intriguing scenario here. I love the debut performance of Sounds Perfect. She franked that with a massive performance from the back at semi-final level last week. Uh, speaking with Emma and Clayton, they are going to use her off the gate. She's my top tip, Andy, but it concerns me in a group one doing something that you've never done before. So I'm... I'm tipping her and risking her at the same time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, again, um, I was on her last week. That's the only bet I had. I couldn't believe it. I was <laughs> considering how well she went in the heat. Um, so, yeah, no, she was, her two runs have both been terrific. They've been first class. and uh, Again, she's you'd imagine she's improving all the time, but sometimes it, it can go the other way. She's had two runs close together, running really fast times, and whether it's just taking too much out of her. Uh, saying that she would have had a really great grounding being from the stable she is, so I'm sure she's, um, you know, she'll be up to the task. But when you really haven't sort of left the gate before, um, it's always different for the, you know, horses to get used to it sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure whether she might be quick enough anyway. She might cross them. I know Relentless May gets out pretty quick, and they've been talking about holding the lead, but I don't know why. They should be probably handing up and earning good money. So, um, and we know Sergio's rocket can sort of. Leave the gate okay as well. I'm sort of getting, pulling a little bit, but it's a intriguing race, and I think a lot of the winning chances are on the back row as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's a great field. So, what are we settling on here? I, I, I've got Sounds Perfect on top of uh, Pedalante, who I think is, you know, I, I mean, in terms of being professionalism, power, what we've seen from her the last couple of starts, she's just so strong, and she'll be able to do the work to overcome the second row draw. I'm still thinking Cypher's high quality. I think they're thinking about driving a cold, which is going to be interesting. She's going to need a little luck. Um, your better half's going to have to do a brilliant job navigating some traffic to get through. And I thought the, the value runner with, well, it was the same in the heat. I know it only ran fifth, but Rich Beauty, I think, is probably nearly the bet in the race for me at 26 and five. Well, give us your numbers, please, Andrew. Yeah, I've gone for number 11, Pediante on top. Uh, from, from the numbers here. Uh, yeah, from uh, in Cypher. Then sounds perfect, and Amoro Vida. But again, which beauty's got a chance? 
been heavily signed. I saw from Barrier 1 and through Barrier 1 last week, and they were really good times to have on for third. It's big odds to play. So, um, yeah, it's a tricky race and really hard. And there's going to be a lot of, if you don't like the favourite, there's going to be a lot of value in the race if you want to have a bet. Uh, even Fiamma is uh, flying under the radar. She nearly have won that heat if it had got through yeah, from they... three poles. So she can win, can't she? Yeah, no, I'm sure Emma's got a chance of winning this race. I lost her <laughs> she should, I'm pretty confident. I'll, get, I'll, I'll have a bet on that at a dollar three. Um, we'll get through one yeah. more race, the penultimate, before we go to our final break. Come back. We'll also see if we can get Moose side bottom on the line for some thoughts about tonight. Um, right. Breeders' Crown final for the three-year-old trotting fillies. Uh, removal here. I thought she's a pleasure. Had a really big chance. It's going to be pretty hard not turning up. She scratched. Um, yeah, everything handles your pressure. Everything, everything tells you that Queen Alita sh- should be winning the race, and yet I don't want to back her at a dollar sixty. She should be in front. She's got a picket fence form line. She beats these every time she meets them virtually. And there's something I don't know. It's like punting instinct or something. But I just can't take a dollar sixty yet. I have got her on top. Are we risking her, or are you declaring her, Andy? I'm like you. I think she'll win, but I don't want to be on a dollar sixty. And I don't think she'll find the top. I think he probably leads without a Baron Ursula. I think he'll drive to beat her. Um, you know, he'd be pretty keen to lead with her. And um, so, yeah, I, I think she's going to have to either, you know, sit outside them or come with one run like she did last night if she goes back. So, um, yeah, she just keeps winning. Um, her, her win last night was devastating for Maribor. She's so, back, so far back in the field and wasn't entitled to win and went terrific. But then there's been times she still won but hasn't gone quite as good. So... But she's definitely the one to beat, but $1.60 seems a little bit too short for me. With all due respect, it's it's probably not the deepest race. The problem is trying to get Queen Alita beaten. Who who beats it? Like, Bangles at its best, yes, but that's dubious as to whether we'll find it. Um, is there anything at big odds here? You know, Ki-Yang Zena's never been too far away, gets a soft trip. Visionary's probably slightly underrated at $61, but... That's the problem here, trying to find the one that's going to knock it over. And, of course, Elder Baron Ursula's got a chance, but trying to find something at, at, at big odds here is tricky. It is, yeah. Again, um, everything points to a winning. For some reason, we don't want to be on the sixty, but we don't want to back anything to beat us. So it's a sort of quandary. It's probably, probably a stay-out race for me. Um, but, yeah, again, I've had a fair bit to do with Elder Baron Ursula, but, yeah, I'd love to see her win a big race for Robbie and Kez. Um, so, um yeah, but it is a tricky race if you if you don't want to pay it. Sometimes it's just that experience. I don't know. Sometimes it's just looking at it and just saying, I, I don't know. There's just something I just can't grab that muffin. I just don't want. I don't want that. Muffin. It's a good, good looking muffin. I'm just not going to eat it. Um, six. I'm talking about food. Six, two, four, and eight. My numbers. Um, what are your numbers, Andy? Exactly the same as yours. Oh, finally. Six, two, four and eight. God bless. We've aligned, and we'll go to a break on that note. And when we come back. One more song. Well, there might be two more because if Andy gets this one, we've got to do another one, Jordy. That's how the game works. Uh, time for a break. Friday form panel, Trots Vision and SEN track. Stick with us. We've got one stanza remaining. On Trots Life, it's time for the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Wow. It's 90s. How long's the intro? Uh, <laughs> go for a bit. <laughs> I reckon it's the, the second most famous song from this particular band. All right. There's a little bit of wah-wah guitar there. 
Now, out again. Is, is it Rage? It is Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Rage against the we, don't, we only know one Rage Against, rage against the Machine. We've got to move on here because we've got Moose Side Bottom. Um, last race, Andy, um, I'm declaring Amazing Dream. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm declaring Majida. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Jeez. I just, I just, just on the draw. It's been dying for a barrier draw. Probably going to be fenced behind a leader behind Texas Angel. And as good as Amazing Dream went last week, it still couldn't beat the two home on the fence, and it's going to be the same scenario again. So, one, seven, ten, and eight. They'll go 520 metres further, and it'll win. Um, what's your best on the card, Andy, before I say sayonara? Uh, Honolulu Bay in the first. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Amazing Dream, although my confidence has been dulled. Thank you very much, brother. That's been fun. Thank you. There's Andy Gath for the Friday form panel. We've got about four minutes left. And you, was he saying something about losing the music quiz? Because it, it did happen. Uh, Moo, what do you got for us tonight, mate? Um, yeah, I think he's got grounds to process with that one second delay in the in the second one, Bon. I reckon he just just pitched you there with the one second advantage. But you just you, you, you just up. stick to the tips there, Moo. That's what that's what you're on for, mate. Just stick to the tips. What what, what have we got tonight? No worries, no worries. We're going to go Melton race one, um, Halliver, dollar eighty five. Uh, I think it rolls forward, finds the top, ran really good sectionals last start, should just be winning this. Uh, into race seven, number 11, General Dodge, $1.50, no huge price, but just too much class, too much speed for the, this lot, just comes with one run. Uh, the next one, we've got race eight, number four, Ideals and Magic, uh, $3.80. I think it's the first one of the pegs there. Hands up to always fast or reactor now and gets its chance along the sprint lane, racing really well. Three dollars eighty is great value there. And the last one, probably uh, the one that I'd definitely definitely say get on is Naked Ambition, race ten, number seven. Mm. Gets Chris Alford here. Um, yeah, huge huge driver change. They just obviously keep running for him, and I think he works forward, finds the top. Um, Sonny Pete's never really been asked to go off the gate. So I think Naked Ambition leads and leads for a long, long way, $5.50. Beautiful. Um, I've had a, you know we've had a little bit on in that same, that, uh, that eighth event is Zadarka. Um, Greg, Greg Norman owning me on, uh, on Twitter, uh, letting me, I got Techie's Angel wrong last week, but I'm, I'm aligning with him. I'm, I've had something to win in a few, uh, one by three on Zadaka. Um, now I know you don't want to give away too much intel and we can't probably promote certain aspects of it on Trot's Vision right now, but, uh, little birdie tomorrow night, it's going to be fun. Who's involved? You're the captain, but who's your squad? Yep. So got the vice captain in Simon Sharp. Yeah. Um, to, to, uh, give us a few roughies and his thoughts for the night. But, uh, yeah, we'll be working together there from the Little Birdie office in Melbourne. Yes. Uh, we've got Matt Leppard, who will be on track at Melton. Um, so he won't be actually on the stream, but he'll be giving me his thoughts around the grounds over the cards uh, outside of Victoria. Um, and we've got Ryan Spice doing the Albion Park. Um, a few specials up there. Lovely. And, Maybe Cody McKenna to give us a couple of Greyhound winners over the night. So, yeah, we'll be going a little bit out wide, but the main focus will be obviously on the Breeders' Crown. That's going to be a stack of fun. A, a fair bit of money already, and you're going to be turning over some really serious coin. Massive coin. So, um, generally, they, they get sort of six figures in the pool, which is massive. Um, so, we've already had 10 grand on just a bit touchy at $3, I think. If it uh, if it trots, it wins. It's just got a fair bit on that field. Yeah. So let's hope um, she behaves herself this week.
Uh, yeah, and I, I can tell you right now, um, it was all confidence from Emma, uh, Stuart and Clayton Tonkin when we visited their stables yesterday for burning questions. They're very keen that she'll be winning and she has got plenty on them. Uh, just don't drop 70 metres at the start. She'll be getting the job done. Moo, uh, thanks very much for your time and thoughts. Good luck building a bank for yourself tonight and very good luck making some money for the punters tomorrow. Yep. Thanks very much, Bonds. Make sure you sign up, everyone. Cheers. Um, what a salesman he is. I think Hutchie made his first uh, appearance on the Friday form panel as well. So to have the Messiah uh, on Trot's vision, onward and upward, how good are we going? That's been fun. Friday form panel, fast, frenetic 90 minutes. Andy Gath, thanks so much to him for joining us. Thanks to Moo for his tips tonight. Make sure you sign up. Big money with that little birdie situation. And make sure to watch Trot's vision both tonight and tomorrow night. I'll be on tomorrow night with Steve Cleave, Kirsten Graham, Dan Malecki and Gareth Hall. For now, sayonara.